Hey guys, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And today we got a bunch of news and just start the season stuff we wanted to just keep looking at. Uh, so with news finally coming in, we got, I think it was our first suspension of the year for on-ice activity. And that would be Milan Lucic, two-game suspension for sucker-punching someone on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Cole Sherwood. That's a player. Um, pretty much what happened was Sherwood stripped Lucic of the puck at the blue line, came down, shot on the goalie, uh, gave the goalie a tap looking for the rebound, and Lucic sucker punched him and then punched him a couple more times on the ice. This happened Saturday night and drew a bit of a mixed reaction from Twitter. I think generally speaking, what I saw was people go, okay, yeah, you can't punch, touch the goalie, but you also can't sucker punch a dude in the face. There was obviously the few people are always like, oh, back in my day, this was loud. Like, you shouldn't be touching the goalie. Uh, my take on this is that it's kind of more of the first one. It's like, yeah, like, no one's saying you should just allow them to slash your goalie or whatever, but uh, you don't need to sucker punch the dude. Yeah, there are better ways to go about this than a sucker punch. Yeah, like... Especially your Milan Lucic. Your thing is that you're a tough guy in a sport where fighting is legal. Yeah. Why do you have to sucker punch him? Uh, yeah, like, that's cowardly no matter what <laughs> sport it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't like a face wash, ta- even just kind of tackling him to the ground would have been a better way to deal with it than just sucker punching yeah. the dude. Or if you want to punch him, tr- like, if you're Milan Lucic, like, you could try to fight him. Fighting is legal in this sport. Like, you yeah. don't have to do that. You yeah. should not do that. And his defense of it after the game, or maybe when he got back from suspension, I guess, was, oh, you know, you expect guys to be ready for a scrum. Well, I wouldn't be ready for anyone to sucker punch me either. And, like... No, like, there's a reason it's called a sucker punch. Yeah. Like, I just... I don't know. I was listening to... I forget what podcast it was. Someone was saying, oh, well, this generate Because Sherwood is his name. He's a younger player. Yeah. He's like, this generation grew up where if you touch a goalie, nothing happened. That is objectively false. That is objectively just not true. Oh, that's definitely not true. When we played hockey four years ago, we played local league hockey, and if you touched the goalie, you were getting someone coming after you, either giving you a shot to the shoulder, giving you a face wash, even though you had a full cage on that didn't really do anything, but something like that. Stuff happens. It's just he wasn't ready to be punched in the face like that. Yeah, 100%. Like, there are consequences. Yeah, like, I don't think either, like, you're a goalie, I don't think, or you were a goalie when you played, I don't think you're sitting here saying, oh yeah, just let them slash me. No, not a but chance. But like, like, when we played, and even like, we play in a men's league, we're in like the D division. It's like the worst of the worst, basically. But like, if somebody comes in and slashes me after the play, the defensemen, who are all millennials from this generation they're complaining about, will still give the guys shots. Yeah, or like a slash in the shin pad or something like yeah. that. It's like, hey, don't do that. Like, but it's one thing to, like, cross-check him in the ribs instead of just sucker-punching yeah, him in like the face. Yeah, like, just giving him a shot, right, with no cage on. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't, I would have, and the, the worst part about this to me is Lucic has a history of this. I think he's been suspended two other times for the same type of incident. Yeah, well, he is what he is at this point, yeah. right? So how do you not give him a longer suspension than this? The fact that this was two games is ridiculous. Like, I would love to see this be, like, seven, eight games. I mean, I have really not liked... Like, it feels like the Department of Player Safety has done nothing this year. And I mean, there hasn't been, like, too many just... This was the most egregious Yeah, there hasn't year. been too many where it's like, oh my gosh, how is that not suspended? But there's been a couple where it's like, how do you not give, like, one or two games out for that? And I don't know, maybe they're... Just trying to, I know last year people always complained about consistency. Maybe their consistency is we're not doing anything unless it's really bad. 
I would disagree with that kind of method of it, but maybe that's just what they're doing. But I just don't understand how... So repeat offender doesn't... You don't take into account repeat offender when you're choosing whether to suspend a guy or not. That's only the length, But right? the length and what you give him is when you when you go in with repeat offender. Lucic is a repeat offender and for this thing. Now, I don't know the last... Maybe the length of the last time he did it is something that came into effect. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how you would find, like, a database of previous suspensions. I don't know how we would. The NHL would definitely Yeah, have, they would have one for sure. I just... My thing with this is... Even if you want to say, okay, forget the Lucic thing, the problem with this is it sets a standard. Because now everyone will look, if something like this happens again, everyone will look and say, well, Lucic got two games, so this will be two games. This needs to be more than two games. There's no spot for this in hockey. Nobody goes to a hockey game to watch a guy get dropped unexpectedly. No, exactly. And, like, I feel like we're getting to the point where a lot of people don't even go to hockey games to watch two people fight voluntarily. I feel like but a lot of people don't. But... Even that is more different, I would say. Like, it, like I'm against fighting. I think you are too, but yeah. we both admit that when two people fight, it's still something there's like, oh my gosh, this is entertaining, even though we know it shouldn't be. Your lizard brain activates, it, or monkey brain, yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. That being said, this is not a fight. This is just some guy getting completely punched without expecting it coming. Exactly. Like, and he was fine, which is good to see, but like, that could have ended up horribly. Oh yeah, the watches like his head could have hit the ice yeah. weird, and he's done. And for then the Lu- Lucic like throws that. three more punches while he's on the ground too. Yeah, like come on. The we got I got the review in front of us, right? Like it looks like it could be a very very scary play really quickly. All it takes is his helmet or his head to fall somewhere weird. Like it looks like he's out cold yeah. at first almost too. Like, it's so and then bad. he keeps sponging him. Like I just I don't know I don't know how you how you just don't give that more yeah. and. I get, I forget, I think it was the Flames GM came out and said that two games was a joke in the terms that he thought he should have got nothing. Fewer, yeah. And I get you have to stick up for your guy, but come on. Yeah, two games is clearly, if anything, two games is a joke. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and I know he's just standing up for his guy, but like everyone came out and stood up for Lucic. I think Riddich came out and was like, oh yeah, like I don't like when guys slash me or whatever, but he sucked. Like, I, I don't know. The thing I always tell myself is like, For fans who are mad about what Lucic did, it's like, take, try and look if it was the other way around. If one of your younger guys on the Flames got sucker punched because he went to the net hard looking for a rebound. Yeah, like if Mangia Payne's getting dummied in the head. Exactly. What would your reaction to that be? I can guarantee it wouldn't be, oh, it's part of the game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, nobody would if their favorite, like if Trevor Moore does it or like Logan Brown, like take a young guy on anyone's favorite team and all of a sudden they're pissed, right? And the worst part about this to me is I feel like the reason he punched him was almost more because he got stripped at the blue line and was annoyed by that than slashing the goalie because I don't have the replay, unfortunately. Literally later in the game, the same thing happened. Riddick took four more whacks and no one did anything because no one got stripped of the puck. And I'm like, this might be, I might be remembering this one wrong, but I think Lucic was on the ice when that happened too. Probably. So like, I don't know. To, to me, it's just people are like, oh, you can't slash a goalie. You can't slash a goalie. No one's arguing against that here. But the thing yeah. is, you can't sucker punch a dude in the head. And that is way worse than giving a shot to the goalie's arm. Or tapping his trapper a little bit, looking for the puck, thinking that it could be loose. Exactly. And, like, 
as a goalie, there are ways you can get people back and not get a penalty. Yeah. Like, it's you can slash a dude in the nuts, like, four times if he's standing in front of you as a goalie and just... Yeah, or, like, give him a shot in the back of the leg, right? Like, yeah, exactly. That's going to sting, but it's not going to do permanent brain damage to you. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious that we're in agreement here, and given our like what our takes on suspensions are, that it probably shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, but... It was just a pretty cowardly play, and I don't... Uh, yeah, I think nerd Twitter was pretty in agreement that yeah. if this was 10 to 20 games or something like that, I think there'd be a lot happier people out there. Yeah, and I mean, I think that there was also a lot of people on old school Twitter who also kind of like admitted that uh, you didn't need to punch the dude in the head to get back at the goalie, but there was still the one or two, and like higher up people, like there was someone from Sportsnet going, maybe this is the old school in me, but... This was this should be allowed. They should have got zero games for this. It's like no, no, this shouldn't have been allowed. No, this should not. No, like this play does not make hockey a better sport. No, not at all. Um, no, like there's just no, like, it doesn't. Yeah, like there are scenarios where it's last year and that's Artemi Panarin getting punched and then he's done for the year and all of a sudden the Blue Jackets are half as watchable for exactly the um, next however long. Yeah. So I don't I don't have much more to say on that. Uh, let's stay in the division. I wanted to touch on Vancouver's hot start. Uh, I don't think we talked about them last week because I didn't really realize just how good they were last week. There's been two teams, Vancouver and the Islanders, on like really, really big streaks that just kind of flown under the radar. And playing quite the opposite way, I think. Uh, oh, 100%. So Vancouver lost last night. We're recording this on Friday per usual. This will probably get out, I don't know, Mon- Sunday, Monday maybe. Uh, Vancouver lo- or lost last night to the Hawks, so they fall to 9-4-3. Um, which is third in their division with 21 points. They're one point behind the Islanders and the Flames, but they have a game in hand on the... Or the Islanders, the Oilers, sorry. They have a game in hand on the Oilers and three games in hand on the Flames. So it seems reasonable enough that they could catch them. They're tied with the Knights as well, but they have a game in hand on the Knights as uh, as well. That whole division is pretty close, and it's looking more and more like maybe five teams come out of there if you know the Jets and the Stars don't get their stuff together. The Jets have been so bad. Yeah. And so the Stars. Well, the Stars the, are actually streaking now. Yeah, the Stars have bounced back there, but they're still 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. Um, Now their thing is just injuries and trying to stay healthy. Uh, but yeah, so the Vancouver Canucks, if you go and look, I'll even do score adjusted just because, you know, when teams are behind a little bit more. They, Especially this early on. Yeah. But score adjusted, they are at second in Corsi at 54.38%, just behind the Carolina Hurricanes at 54.47%. So... They're almost tied for first. And they're first in expected goals. In expected so goals, like... they are at 60% score oh, adjusted. That's goals. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. I was like, holy crap. 55.56, which is still unreal. Top of the league. Yeah. So that's not like they're just bombing it. It's not like it's Quinn Hughes just bombing it from the blue line no. or something like that either. They are absolutely destroyed. And the expected goals numbers have finally been fixed by the NHL. It only yeah. took them a month after not catching their own problem. <laughs> But, the basement bloggers fixed the professionals or yeah. pointed out the professionals problem. But uh yeah, I, like this team has been uh very underrated. Yeah, they've been good. Like they like, have been actually good. And I mean, again, I think maybe, maybe we did touch on this last week now that it feels familiar, but I feel like I didn't realize just how well they had been playing. The Pedersen line is ridiculous. Oh, we did because we talked about Miller. Yeah, yeah. but that's what I mean, but yeah. I I feel like it was more just the record, but Again, I, I think we said this last week too, but it was like the things they made probably hurt them long term, but it definitely made them better this year. Yeah. Like even Tyler Myers playing on your first pair 
made them better this year because they didn't have that last year, which is sad, but they just didn't. Yeah, no, they they definitely... He's I, obviously playing well there. Yeah, and Quinn Hughes and Chris Tanev, that's been pretty solid as well. Quinn Hughes is stepping into his role pretty nicely. Quinn Hughes has been like a power play god. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. This team is just... They're fun to watch, and which is something you haven't said we haven't said about Vancouver in a while. But if they keep up uh, this pace, especially with their goaltending, they have good goaltending in Markstrom and Demko. Yeah. Uh, I <clears> feel <throat> like there's absolutely no reason to... Uh, think these guys can't make a move towards the playoffs in the long time. I mean, obviously, yeah. maybe you know, it's still early, so these numbers might adjust a bit back to normal. But even if they're around like 51%, 50%, like, I don't know, in that division, I feel like it might be enough to at least be close to the playoff race. Yeah, I think it's really dependent on Pedersen. So like last year, Pedersen was kind of buoyed by some... He's obviously got shooting talent, but like his shooting percentage was still way through the what you would expect. Last year, but if he's legitimately going to be a play driver this year, their odds look a lot better. Yeah, I would totally agree with and that. He and he has legitimately been a fantastic play driver so far this year, so. Yeah, um, and I think the weirdest part is, like, the fans, and I think rightfully so, too, got mad at who they waived. If I remember, they waived three guys who were probably better than their current fourth line. Um, the fourth line has been bad. Uh, let's I see. Believe. Who was it? Nikolai Goldobin. Oh, yeah. Uh, they waved Goldobin. Reed, was it Reed Boucher, maybe? And The old devil. Was it Godovich as well? Or was it someone who got called up now? Maybe right. it's Adam Gaudet. I don't know. There was three people who could pretty much... Or no, it's Sven Barshi. That's who it was. Oh. oh, yeah. I forgot they waved Barshi. Yeah. And so it was, it was three guys in the minors, and there was like... They were just destroying Utica, and they were like, okay, this is probably a better team, a better fourth line than what we have in the NHL right now. Oh, Gladobin Barchi would be, like, the best fourth line in the league. Yeah. You just pluck a replacement-level center to play in between them. So, uh, that's kind of funny, but at the same, like, I don't know. This team is just props to them for making the most out of it. I would absolutely love to see the Pacific Division go Oilers, Flames, Canucks, and just have three Canadian teams in there. That'd be fun. I know the NHL wouldn't want that. And then Golden Knights, Coyotes, I'm fine with that as the wild cards. There's no way the Golden Knights don't. No, I I think even actually I think even but... better having the either Flames win the division with the Canucks in the wild card to play the Flames, or the Oilers and the Flames play in round one as well. Oilers Flames Th- round one. That would, would be, be awesome. one of those would be really cool. Um, either way, I don't know. I have no problem with that. That division is pretty tight though. You go 22, 22, 21, 21, 20, 19 for the top. I forgot uh, the Ducks are still six in teams, there. and the Sharks are not one of those teams. The Sharks are. They remain 6-10-1. They remain to just be struggling. Yeah, they look cooked. Yeah, um, I'm okay with it. I bet you are. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I just want to mention the, the Canucks. I feel like we gave them a shout-out last week, too, but it's just very impressive on what they've been doing this week, uh, this year so far. Yeah. Um, now to the other side of things. Uh, yeah, the New York Islanders, finally their 10-game winning streak came to an end last night by the Pittsburgh Penguins in overtime. So they're still technically on an 11-game point streak. 11-3-1 at the time of recording. This somehow still not good enough for first in their division. Because of the Cavs. The Capitals are 12-2-3, which is just unreal. That division has come out looking stronger than ever as well, uh, which is funny. Because we keep thinking they might be taking a step back. Uh, my question to you is... what? So with the Islanders... Yeah, with the Islanders, we've seen it two years in a row now. Do you think it's a Barry Trot system that maybe gives them more of the benefit of the doubt? I don't think anyone's expecting them to keep going like 10-0 and streaks at a time, but this is two years in a row now where they made the playoffs last year pretty comfortably, 
And now all they have to do this year is pretty much play 500 hockey to be right on the bubble. Yeah, see, if they if they end the year with their underlying numbers looking like this, I think I would still probably pick them to regress next year. Like You, you have to almost, don't you? Like, the one thing with the Barry Trotz system, too, that makes me a little skeptical is Robert Lehner's been absolutely killing it in Chicago. Yep. Yeah. So, like, it's... As much as like Trotz has clearly had a positive impact on the Islanders, it I'm skeptical of the argument that he's the goalie whisperer after a year and 15 games because he's got it out of this team again 15 games. Yeah, anyway. I wouldn't necessarily call him the goalie whisperer. It's just more that like I don't know maybe this all that is is hot goaltending, but like their numbers are atrocious. Yeah, they're the second worst shot share team in the league, and the I believe the. What are they in X goals? They're a bit better in X goals. They're 22nd. Yeah. They are a quality. So, yeah, team. so they're going quality over quantity. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Because it kind of reminds, like, I, I said last, like, a couple times throughout the offseason, they remind me of the 2017 Senators, where it's like their defensive system is kind of, you know, was hard to read for the first year, and that really carried them through the playoffs. I got them into the playoffs and through the playoffs. And then year two, everyone figured out how to read that. And there's still lots and lots of time for the Islanders to, for people to read the Islanders system, but. Starting with a 10-game win streak is pretty damn impressive. Uh, but my biggest question with just Trotz is that it's not like this is only the second year we've seen him take a team with bad underlying metrics and outperform them. In Washington, it was fair to say that that was shooting talent. Yeah. They had guys like Ovi, Backstrom, Carlson. They had guys like Holtby and Nett. He doesn't really have that in, in New York. He has guys like Barzell. Who are very Barzell is very good. He has guys like Eberly who are solid, but those guys aren't on the OV Backstrom level of thing. Maybe Barzell, yeah. you could argue, but the other guys aren't on the level of the Capitals. No, not even close. But the other thing, again, with Trotz, it's tough to credit. Like he obviously does deserve credit, but it's tough to be like this is all Trotz because the Capitals have kept doing their thing without him too. Yeah, exactly. I think I don't know what the Capitals' numbers are, but I, I'm just saying more like, I guess, is it a coincidence that for like five years in a row, his team seems to always outperform their expected goals number and Corsi 4 number, or is there something to his system? It's probably a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill. Like there are, So we can't quantify everything in terms of shot quality, but publicly, we can use the gap between Corsi and expected goals as like a proxy for quality. I'm willing to bet that is highly correlated with like true shot quality if you could take into account pre-shot movement and all that stuff. Yeah. So like there probably is something there even beyond what we're measuring as well. But I don't think that's enough to make them like an elite team or anything like that. No, like I don't know. This team still has holes. I think one of the things is people underrate their defense core a little bit. They still have a very so I think yeah I kind of like their defense. Yeah, they have a couple pieces and I believe do they have a rookie up or is that up front? Is Dobson, Dobson up? Yeah, and so that's a big help as well. Yeah, if Dobson's legit. That's huge. Um, and he looked he looked promising coming in this year. So. Yeah, so um, with you know so you have Pelican Pulak. That's a underrated. It's not like a shut like a great first pair by any means, but like. I feel like if you, even a year ago, if you saw that, you'd be like, oh my god, this team's going to get caved in on 5v5, and they've been fine. Yeah, I kind of like those two. Devin Taves is pretty good. You know, Scott Mayfield is fine. Like, he's not... He's not going to kill you. No. Johnny Boychuk isn't what he used to be, but as your 
sixth defenseman. I'll take Johnny Boychuk any day. Nick Letty's still just doing his thing. Yeah, and I think I think is Letty hurt or is he scratched? As I know, they've been dealing with some injuries because that was the big thing for us was on the blue line. It was like, how are you going to make room for all of these guys like Dobson? And you know, up front, how are you going to make room for all these guys? But they've seemed to be doing it for now. So yeah, they definitely have like the defense. They they remind me a bit of the way the Panthers used to look before Ekblad started really came into his own last year where they don't have anyone you would think of as close to an elite defenseman but yeah combined they can just put competent players out there over the boards every shift and i guess having guys uh part of getting your rookies off eberly komarov martin kunakel and andrew ladd are all injured reserve or long-term injured reserve there's one good hockey player in that mix yep <laughs> um so you know like having and I'm, I'm sure you know on just on injured reserve it might not just be making it up, especially with Komarov, who's got three years left on his deal, I feel like that would be an LTIR thing. But just having, you know, breaks like that where you can get some young guys up while your older guys rest on the injured reserve is good. Not Hosang up, though. No, not Hosang. Well, I, supposedly they're done with him. They're going to try and find him a trade partner. But yeah. I don't I don't really know how that is going. Probably best for him to get a new start at this point. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wonder if... Uh, a Hosang for Julius Honka deal. That could be fun. Like he hasn't he's supposed, he's not playing for Dallas either. And That's the only way or the best way the Islanders can come out of a Hosang deal with a win is to try to find an some, equivalent to Hosang. Yeah, exactly. And like I know some people are saying maybe Hosang for Puyarvi, but uh, Hosang plus for Puyarvi. Yeah, it would have to be plus for sure. But yeah, I don't know. Like Hosang for Honka I think would maybe it wouldn't fit New York's needs, obviously, we just listed their decor, and I mean, they have a lot of guys. Nick Letty's a healthy scratch some nights right now. But the idea of Hong but just like... Yeah, like, just something like that, where it's like, if you can find, like, a guy who one team isn't quite sure on, they haven't given much of a chance to give some kind of switch like that. Yeah. Even Hosang for, like, say, Nick Patan or something like that with the Leafs, who clearly yeah, just doesn't have a way. Be. I don't, like, I'm just throwing out names. Like the I, Leafs would really need Hosang, no, but that's but, the kind of player you'd like to target. Exactly. Guys where it's like, maybe they're a year or two younger, and it's like, you can still find some upside with them. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. So, the, I guess it, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on the Islanders. They have Wallstrom up, up front as well. He's been alright. Yep. Um, been kicking. But just having that kind of youth up there. Dal Cole's now up as well, uh, which is nice to see. So, uh, yeah, just having kind of some more youth up there definitely would go a long way with this team. Uh, I think we talked about, you know, in the offseason plenty that their bottom six is gritty, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be sustainable to be good. Yeah. Um, and so that this is definitely one way to change that, but we'll see what they do when injuries rack up or when people get healthy, I want to say. Let's uh, see first line, Matt Martin. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have much to say to that. It's... The playoff picture, it's still very early, obviously. There'll be some teams that fall out. There'll be some teams that climb back. It's looking so interesting in every division. If I told you that the Tampa Bay Lightning were five points out of a playoff spot and, like, four, there are three teams they had to leap to get there a quarter into the season, would you believe me? No, I would have been pretty skeptical of that. Yeah, and especially because I don't think it's like Vasilevsky has been that bad. No, they're playing at, what, like an 89-point pace or something like that? Yeah, they're just... And Vasilevsky, this this season has a 904 and a 3.12 goals against average. That's not great. I don't know what his underlines look like, but that's not awesome. But, I mean, just in general, like, 
You have the Bruins with 24 points. You have the Leafs with 21 points, and it seems like the sky is falling there. Granted, they've played more than anyone else in their division, but... The Leafs? Yeah. They're actually on a higher point pace than last year. I read on Twitter last night. Yeah, like, I mean, they got 21 points in 17 games, which would put them at... Uh, Getting the calculator out. 101 points. That's like, a 101 point pace. No, that's exactly what they had last year, isn't it? I don't know. I have no idea what they got last year. But like the the point is, it's like this: the the sky is falling. Oh, they had 100. That is better. So last slightly, year. yeah, one point better. Yeah. But like, and they're still in second in their division. You have the Sabers who are cooling down a bit, but they still have 20 points in 15 games. Did you see Jeffler's thread? Both. Yeah, how he yeah the blue and white and how they need to get better and they got a coach who maybe not everyone listens to and their Canadian captain can't get it done exactly. with the C on his chest or and whatever. Then he ends it with. But it'll be interesting to see if the Lightning can bounce back from all of this. That Uh, was hilarious. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you have the Bruins, Maple Leafs, Sabres, Panthers, Canadians. Like, all five of... The Sabres would be the team I would expect most to drop out. Oh, yeah. But, like, the other four teams are good. Yeah, we expected the Canadians and Panthers to be alright this year. Like, if the Lightning don't get their stuff together, it's going to be hard to make up, like, eight points on the Panthers and Canadians with 40 games left. It's not yeah. impossible by any means, but they're the lightning. Yeah, still but it's still going to be play. difficult because those teams are capable of getting wins. Yeah, um, and then you have in the other division, you have the Capitals twenty-seven points, Islanders twenty-three, Penguins nineteen, Hurricanes nineteen, Flyers eighteen, and now even the Rangers and Blue Jackets are up to fifteen. Now the Rangers would not scare me. No, not at all. Neither were the Blue neither Jackets. Blue, but yeah. like I'm just saying, like at this point in time, the Lightning are fourth last in the East. That's weird. Which is crazy. They're alarmingly close to Detroit. Ottawa has... Now, the Lightning have only played or 13 games. To Ottawa. I yeah, mean, the, yeah, the Lightning have only played 13 games, so it's if they get two Ottawa. more games and say even win one of them, they're suddenly up to 16, and then you look a little better, you're now fifth last or whatever. But, uh, yeah, like, it's it's pretty alarming when a quarter away into the season, Ottawa's only three points behind you. Yeah. This bad Ottawa team, which we're about to get into the tank wars in a second, <laughs> but... Yeah, like, the, the playoff race is getting interesting. I kind of hope it stays like this all year. Like, I want it to stay close like this all year. I, wa- I love when it gets down the last month, and there's just, like, you still don't know. 20 teams that are, or, like, obviously you have the five or six that are in for sure, but generally speaking, there's, like, anyone from 10 to 20 in the league could be in or out, and you have no idea, or 24 in the league or whatever. Yeah, I just don't want... My birthday's in December. I don't want to know who the Leafs are playing in the first round. By my exactly. Birthday. Like, this should be so much more fun for everyone. I know the world is burning because the division's actually close for the Leafs, but, like, this should be so much more fun than the past two years where, by this point, it already looked like you were playing Boston the past two years. <laughs> because it was like, Tampa was at a billion points already. Tampa started ridiculous yeah, last year. Yeah, they had, too. like, the the Washington started this year, 27 points in 17. It might be more than that, if I'm being honest. Boston might hit that this year, too. Yeah, I mean, they Boston's really at good. 24 points in 15 games. But, like, like last year, or the past two years for the Maple Leafs, it's like, okay, Tampa's just started ridiculously. It's like, we have Boston and us are just kind of the same, and then no one else in this division has been worth a damn. So it's like, why would, like, like this has got to be so much more fun. Now, I know it's more nerve-wracking, you'd rather your team there, but this has got to be so much more entertaining hockey than what it was the past two years, where it's like, okay, it's November 20th, but how do we game plan for the Boston Bruins come April? Yeah, 100%. Like, when you can make moves at the deadline because you know, or like leading up to the deadline because you know exactly who you're going to face and stuff like that. Yeah. Not that you would actually trade for someone specifically to beat Boston, but... 
I mean, some teams would. Yeah, true. You look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. This to me is just so much, and it's more fun because my team sucks, so I get to at least watch some good hockey and entertaining storylines. But uh, I guess we have some injuries to talk about too. But let's get into the tank wars real quick. Detroit is not to be with. No, not at all. And Ottawa and LA played last night, and it was a glorious game for the tank wars. Why was it just? It brutal. was. It wasn't even like there was enough chances. It was just like it felt like neither team wanted to win. Like there was so many missed chances, like just so many missed chances. Who won? Uh, Ottawa won in overtime. Oh. Ottawa gave a goal up with seven seconds left to give the the Kings that point. You're telling me Ottawa taught Drew Doughty when it takes to win? <laughs> yeah. Um. And so it was so because the the way like obviously the players want to win. And so it, I'm not saying that like this is like players were actually trying to lose. It was just. There was like Ottawa missed just four golden chances. Connor Brown had an open net and he decided to pass the puck to maybe Anthony DeClaire, who already had a goal or two in the game, <laughs> he to did try and give him the hat trick. Yeah, and then the puck went back down the other way because DeClaire was in the traffic of three guys nice. and the King scored with seven seconds left. Is that why I went to OT? So that's why I went to overtime because that tied the game and the Pajot ended it in overtime, which he's really boosting his stock. First round pick Pajot. Shooting, shooting 17%. Apparently, teams would. We maybe be willing to give up a first and a prospect for a guy who is a fourth line center. <laughs> if, if a team called me and was going to give me a first for Pajot, I'd have to like just say yes immediately. Yeah, before, you say yes before you can even hang out. Before the bottom falls out. Yeah, now. like that's and I think almost like everyone in Ottawa. We're getting a little off track here, but everyone in Ottawa is like, yeah, like he is a great guy to have around a young team. He is like the definition of leadership skills where it's like you can see it on the ice where anytime every time he scores this year he's just losing his mind it literally looks like they're on a run for the cup and he's just every time he scores a goal for the 30th place ottawa senators he's losing his mind good for him but like he still got provides some on ice value too but he's still a fourth line player which is why you have to remember don't sign him for longer than a year or two at most he's like the dream player to get overpaid yeah exactly and so like I don't know. The, the alternatives here is people have been people. Some people want to be captain for a year or two, which I wouldn't mind that. You know, you let Kachuk or Shabbat develop for another year or two. That would be okay. But then other people are like sign him for like four years. Don't do that. Don't sign. Have you learned nothing from the Zach Smith contract that you signed for like four years? Gave him three point five million dollars because he had twenty percent shooting year and he didn't live up to it a single year later. Yeah, after his one good season. But if you get now, Pajot is. Better, better season, yes, but. but at the same time, he's still a fourth liner on a good team. Yeah, or third with good wingers kind of thing. Maybe, yeah. But, like, ideally he would be, I think now, especially because he's getting old, like, he's 27 this year. Yeah. Uh, he would be, ideally on, like, a cup-winning team, he would be your fourth-line guy where it's like that fourth line is really good at controlling play, and then they go out and get a big goal every once in a while. Yeah. Because he does have scoring touch. He scored four against the Rangers a couple years ago. He's an absolute Ranger killer. Scored again twice against them the other Henry night. Killer. Good um, for him. But I just, yeah, I feel like most people are in agreement with you take, if some team's offering you a first, you take it. Yeah, you take it and like, it'd be hard not to laugh yeah. if well, they're offering you a first. The thing about it is like, uh, people are talking, and I've been one of them talking about it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you trade him at the deadline for a first, he goes on his little playoff run, and then comes back to Ottawa in the offseason. Sign him again. He's yeah. a hometown guy, he clearly loves it here, and I know those things are pretty overrated, generally speaking, and maybe it is here, you know, no one knows what his true desires are, whether it's 
you know, money or playing close to home or winning, being the best spot to win a cup. Or taxes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've been told NHL players taxes. only care about taxes. Or, you know, maybe a mix of all three of those things. But it is a reasonable possibility in my mind that you trade them, say, here, go for your cup run. If, you know, if it's a team that, you know, if the team that he goes to, say it's like, I don't know, who's a team that's close? Maybe say a team that, the Capitals maybe. A team that's really close to the cap wouldn't be able to keep them, but, you know, has a decent chance to make a little bit of a run this year. Or, you know, any team like that, really. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there you go... There plenty of teams by yeah, the deadline. You, go, you make your run, but you can't get paid by that team later in the year, and Ottawa goes, well, we're not going to need our cap space for two more years. Here's another six mil for, like, three, three, two years, three mil AAV or something like that, or four mil even. Yeah, it could be a nice feel-good story. Exactly, and he comes home. back. The, the key is to just avoid long-term. But yeah, do not buy, do not buy like six years or four no, years no, no, or something no, ridiculous. No. You absolutely, I feel like I don't know. I want to have enough faith in Ottawa's management team that even they would know six years for an Ottawa six would be aggressive. Yeah. But, but even four, like don't do four. Four wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it wouldn't really shock me either. I feel like I feel like if he wanted, he would get four years from some team on a market. Yeah, if he went to UFA, because I feel like some team will still convince themselves that he could be like a fringe two C kind of guy, which he's not. He's like a 3C if he's the one being carried, as you said, but ideally he's a 4C where you can play that fourth line more than seven minutes a night. Yeah, he's one of those players where, like, Peugeot being on your fourth line is one of your positives, because Peugeot being on your second line is why you're terrible. Yes, exactly. And he's a very, he's a good penalty killer, too. He uses speed, even last, the other night against, I believe it was the Rangers, he blocked a shot, went down the other way, and just sniped one up top. And maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was the other couple. That's some weeks playoff. But teams love buying. Yeah, exactly. Too. So it's like he's he's a guy who's like versatile. Yeah. If the Leafs, I could, obviously, I don't think the Leafs would offer. I mean, they can't offer a first anyways. But they if they if they them, needed a fourth line center like that, he would be the kind of guy who would fit in Babcock's system perfectly because I think he'd be more comfortable playing that fourth line a little more, and then he can use them to death on the penalty kill yeah. as well. And he's probably better than the goat. And yes. most playoff teams, fourth line center. Exactly. So yeah, I don't. I think Ottawa. It, you just hope that he can kind of keep his shooting bender up for a while, and you capitalize on it. Yep. Even a second, I would be happy for Pajot. Oh, hundred percent. So, um, we're we're on the tank. We got really off topic there, but uh, yeah, Detroit is not to be messed with when it comes to tanking. No, they're just plugging right along. Minus thirty three goal differential already. I mean, yeah, like Ottawa's not a good team, but they're minus nine. Like it's not like Ottawa's not like. They kind of, I don't know, Ottawa reminds me of the 2015 Leafs, not to the same degree, where it's like, they clearly show some signs of having decent pieces, but they don't have the talent to get it done at the end. Yeah. And they don't have the underlying metrics that uh, that team, the Leafs team did. But at the same time, like, Ottawa just kind of reminds me of a team where it's like, you can see how if you replace four or five guys on this team with a couple younger guys in a year or two, this team will be uh, take much bigger leaps than I think some people would think. Now, goaltending will be the biggest thing, I think, for them. Yeah, uh, by far. Getting a Frederick Anderson-type deal would be huge for... So, it's got, I kind of wonder if, like, Ottawa looks at, like, Jacob Markstrom or someone like that. I could see that. He's in... Is his contract up? His contract is up this year, I believe. He's going to get paid. Yeah. And so, I yeah, I don't know what he'll get paid, but, you know, that kind of idea where it's like you go and get a guy from a team who has two kind of starters, just like the Leafs did with Frederick Anderson, and, you know, you may... I think the Leafs paid a first... And a second or something like that? 
Or was it two first seconds? For sh- it was a first for sure. It was the Sam Steele first, and I think that might have been it, but I don't remember. But something like that, where it's like if they get a goal, and it doesn't have to be next year. Maybe it's in two years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're not, they should not be in a rush. Yeah, but they do remind me of that team where it's like they clearly have some pieces there. Uh, obviously, there's some ownership questions, but for the next four or five years, they should be in a decent spot going forward. Yeah, and to Chuck's been way better. Than- oh, yeah. He, I would have. Um, he hasn't even got. It. I don't even think he's got the recognition he deserves because he's hasn't had a big shooting percentage. Like he's been a bit like he, his like expected goals have been some of the best on the team, and he's just the best in the league by like a lot. Yeah, and he just hasn't been able to finish on anything, which well, not anything, but like as much as you would hope, right? Yeah. And and there's a bit of a thing where like net front players like that sometimes underperform, but it's also not impossible that the twenty year old gets better at shooting. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, and I know a lot of his chances come from right in the net, but at the same time, when you have a bunch of glorious chances right in front of the net, you're probably going to bury a few more than, like, one of them. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then you have the Kings in the other way. They are not too good either. Minus 22 goals differential. Uh, they have 11 points in 16 games. There's some teams that are really giving Ottawa their run for their money. Yeah, the, the Kings are who we thought they were. Yes. Uh, to be <laughs> fair, like... I don't know, Detroit is maybe to a bit more of an extent, but I thought Detroit was the second worst roster in the league too. Yeah. Like, I thought Ottawa's was going to be a little worse, but, I mean, again, the thing Ottawa had kind of going for them is they had the unpredictability of their younger guys taking a bit of a step forward. I mean, Detroit has some really good guys too, Larkin and Mantha, but those guys are also, what, like 23, 24 now, so it's like yeah, they're a bit you at least know what they're going to be, whereas Brady Kachuk is 20, he's still going to take another step forward. But yeah. that being said, I think Red Wings are still even under underperforming the expectations that the league had for them. Yeah, it's almost impossible for your true talent to be what Detroit is right now. Yeah, I mean it's brutal, and I mean if you go and look at their daily faceoff, it's uh, it's not pretty. No, one eight and one in the last ten four game losing streak. Like their lines right now are Tyler Pertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha. That's a good first line. I don't mind that at all. That is a good first line, and oh my god, does it get ugly after that? Robbie Fabry, Valtteri. Oh, that was the trade. Yes. So I we like will get to trade. the trade in a second. Andreas Anthonasiu. Not a good when Valtteri Filippula is your second line center in 2019. That is not a good sign. Brendan Perlini, Franz Nielsen, Adam Arnie, third line. Yikes. Darren Helm, Christopher N, and Justin Applicator. That's the ugliest looking daily face-off bottom da- nine I've ever daily seen. Face, there's one green player in that daily face-off bottom nine. Everyone else is red, and a bunch of them are dark red. Also, you know it's bad when your forward lines can be described as bottom nine. <laughs> and then on defense, they have Patrick Namath and Philip Ronick on their first pair. I like Ronick, but he's not like he's still young. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Dennis Chowalski and Dylan... McGrath as your second pair, and Madison Bowie and Mike Green as your third pair. It's ugly. It's bad. And then you have uh, uh, Howard and Bernier in net. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how Howard's been doing this year, but I like with that kind of numbers. If your team has a negative 33 goal differential 17 games in the season, I think we can wager a guess on how Howard's been doing. They pulled him on Tuesday. Or Monday, whenever they played. I know he got pulled. Which is too bad if Howard's hurting his trade stock when they could have maybe sold high on him last year. Yeah, or at least sold on him in general. <laughs> got something. Got like a fifth round pick yeah. for him or something. Or even like a third. Like, yeah. I don't know. It still blows my mind how San Jose didn't pick him up for like a third or a fourth last year. No, I, I, part of that was 
Howard didn't want to leave either. But still, yeah, this team is horrible. And I like the Pertuzzi trade, or the Pertuzzi trade, the uh, Fabry trade. Um, I think people, I, like, I understand it from St. Louis's perspective too, I think. I don't. Della Rose is terrible. Well, I, I, don't, I don't, he does, he's terrible at offense, but, like, he doesn't let much up defensively either. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like the Nate Thompson niche where it's like, I don't really agree with that. Maybe that's not what you want, but like, if you're going to be a guy who, like, I know he's really good on uh, hockey business model. Not really good, but like defensively, he is strong in hockey business Nate model. Nate Thompson? No. Uh, well, yes, Nate Thompson too, actually, but Jacob Della Rose of just being able to like kind of shut down the, the end of it. But I don't know, like, I feel like uh, Fabry still has the way higher potential. Yeah, exactly. Like, peop, most peep players aren't capable of doing what Fabry did by the time he was, like, 19 or whatever. And, like, there's obvious reasons to be highly, highly skeptical he'll ever get there again. But it's still worth a shot. Yeah, I mean... When you can get Jacob Delarose on waivers, there's a chance... Oh, yeah, it was Fab- a free claim for Jacob Delarose. Yeah, so. there's a chance Fabry is good enough that he would get claimed on waivers by everyone in the league. Yeah, uh, Fabry's biggest issue has just been staying healthy. He's had, like, two torn ACLs and yeah, some other strong. massive injury. He missed all of a year in 2017-18. Um, it's unfortunate because he had so much promise. Yeah, was it, like, a 40-point rookie year? A 37-point rookie year in 72 games. Uh, he had just killed the OHL. Uh, like 87 points in 58 games and then 51 points in 30 games for his two last years in the OHL. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, even then, he couldn't really stay healthy 30 games in his last OHL season. Um, yeah, that sucks for him. Yeah, but so, I don't know. Like, I, I, get, I like it from Detroit. I think if you're a tanking team, this is what you have to do. You try and find upside for where you can for when you get good. Or even to flip later in a year or two. Yeah, but, it was like how last year, every time Josh Hosang would pass through waivers, and we'd be like, look, he's probably not, like, a first-line player, but, like, the Ottawa Senators should be taking a shot on this guy. Yeah. It was like that in trade form. Exactly. And it's like, it's kind of like what Ottawa did with Anthony Duclair, in my, like, last year, where yeah. it's like, you took a guy, so they traded Dezingle for Duclair in two seconds. How good is that deal looking now? That's looking With Duclair, good. he and Kachuk have found chemistry. But uh, you take a guy, it's like, it's a bit of a, a work in progress. He's, you know, still has some potential. And then you see what you got. Because if it doesn't work out, let's say Fabry can't stay healthy for two more years. And he's just a replacement level player for life. Then... Guess what? Walk away. Yep. Detroit has no obligation to keep him around. No. So, yeah, it's smart. Um, He's going to get a big chance to play on this team, too, which is what he needs. Yeah, you can get some ice time here. He's going to be on the second line with Valteria Filpia. Don't you worry. (laughs) He'd probably be playing... Maybe first power play. They have four good forwards. I feel really bad for whichever one of them isn't on the first line at any given time. Yeah. Or, like, same with, like, the first power play. Yeah. Like, what does their second power play look like right now? Yeah. Perlini, Filpio, Anthony Siu, Ronick, and Mike Green. The two defense power play. Oh. 2008 Mike Green couldn't even save that power play. No, not at all. It, this team is bad. Oh, yeah, they're really bad. And LA's not much better either. Their underlying numbers are started off, like, strangely good, but they've been coming down because LA's not a t- hockey team with very many good players. Yeah, no, they are 13th in Corsi 4 and 13th in expected goals as well, which is... They're, like, top three or something at the start of the yeah. season, though. Ottawa's 19th in expected goals, which is... Uh, 
A little bit, a little bit encouraging. Twenty eighth in Corsi. It's definitely the Ottawa Classic. team is more quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, which I don't know when you have when you have the team that they do. I think it's smart. You shouldn't be getting into shootouts with teams. Like <laughs> no, uh, but no, they should not be. I'm trying to think of there must be another injury that we talked. There's Alex Steen. Mac got hurt last night. But yeah, it's, they said they pulled him for more precautionary reasons, which is fair. Yeah. You're... Killing the Predators like they were. Maybe there wasn't an injury. I could have sworn there was an injury I wanted to talk about. There was Landis. No, we did Landis. We did Landis Gog and I think Ranton in last week, too. Both of those guys are out. Oh, uh, uh, Little. Little oh. took a puck to the head and had, like, internal bleeding or something yeah, like that. his brain was bleeding. Yeah, he's dealing with vertigo right now, but he's expected to make a full recovery, which is good. Uh, you like to hear that. That's a, I didn't even see the incident, but it sounds scary. Taking a puck to the head at any time is not good. Um... It's it's good to hear that he'll make a full recovery, but you expect that he'll be out for a couple months. Yeah, which is not what Winnipeg needed to hear. No, and I mean, the Dustin Bufflin thing is... Uh, there's been more details coming out about that, too. The more and more I hear about it, I feel like I need a law degree to intelligently <laughs> comment on what's going on. <coughs> it's pretty much been taken out of Winnipeg's hand, because it is yeah. now... They're still kept in the loop, from what I can understand. This is a 31 Thoughts, and... Friedman has pretty much said it's turned into more an NHL versus NHLPA thing than a Winnipeg versus player thing. Which is probably not something you want if you're Winnipeg or Bufflin to have this turn into like an NHL versus yeah. NHLPA thing. But Well, because the big thing for them was pretty much that, I guess, so Bufflin, they do you do your year in physical or whatever, and it said they're healthy and Bufflin signed off on it. Um, and then... Bufflin thought his ankle his ankle was sore, but they were like, oh, no, that'll heal over the summer. So Bufflin didn't do much skating from what I, like, this is just what I've heard from, you know, 31 Thoughts and stuff like that. Bufflin didn't do much skating over the summer, and then when he came back on ice, that's when he realized that his ankle didn't heal, and that's when he realized that he might want to retire because he doesn't want to try and start the grind of the NHL year hurt. Which is fair. Yes. And, yeah, I don't, I don't care about the retirement thing at all, but then that's where the dispute came in. But the problem is now the NHL wants to make sure that they keep the year-end physicals at top priority because if you let Bufflin say, well, we didn't find it here, so it's not valid enough that I signed off on it, that's going to throw into a lot of stuff going in the future, right? I guess, yeah. Like, I don't... Like, there's actual, like, legal repercussions here by the sounds of it that I don't really understand. So then Bufflin went to get surgery on it. He got a second opinion, he got surgery. And then I don't know if... When they were doing surgery, they found a like something about like a cracked bone or something in his foot as well. Yeah, there was a small broken bone in yeah. his foot that, that they found when operating. But they missed that. the The physical missed that. So then it comes to the legal thing. Well, well, should Winnipeg have found that? And should Bufflin? Should it be Bufflin's obligation to get a second opinion no matter what, or yeah. should it be trusting the team doctors? Um, so I don't need to get into that, but that is crazy. Like, this is turning into a massive story. Yeah, I just thought it was a dude who maybe wanted to retire and was thinking about it. Yeah, but it, but it is like much bigger than it that. could set, like, legal precedent or something. And like it's, that getting, it's getting to the point where it's like, even if he does return, is it going to be with Winnipeg? Yeah, which is not good for Winnipeg. No, not at all. Um, we also have another story after, but I, let's get to Winnipeg. The, the injury for Little... They're not in a great spot on ice. Uh, Wheeler, Connor, Line, Shifley, Ehlers, Perot, not a bad top six with Roslovic as well. But they've just, they haven't been performing as well as you'd hope that talent group would. Maurice is going to get fired. Right? I would hope so. I think he deserves to be. Yeah, I can't. Unless there's something behind the scenes I'm missing, I don't see a justification for a roster with this much talent playing as poorly as they are. No, and I mean, maybe some of it is just Blake Wheeler's 33 now. 
And, yeah. like, so that's been part of his decline. But even then, like, Connor, Line, Shifley, Ehlers, Perot, and Roslevic are all very good players. And when two of those guys I just mentioned aren't yeah, even... good, too. Like... Yeah, like, like, when you, like, some of the, the two of those guys I just mentioned aren't even in their top six when this team was healthy last year. And, like, that's fair, but, so, like, Perot wasn't even on their third line half the time last yeah. year. So, like, that, to me, that falls on Maurice. And, like, this team, yeah. like, they just, even last year, like, I don't, like, I don't know what he's really supposed to do with this decor. It's ugly. <laughs> it is ugly. That is fair. But to me, even last year when he had Bufflin, Morrissey, Truba, uh, Myers, and, you know, two of those guys, I think Truba and Myers are a little overrated, but when they're your second and third guys on your right side or whatever, I don't think they're that overrated. When you have a group like that and you still have just poor underlying numbers, like, I, I feel like that's got to fall on the coach, right? Yeah, like, like, I don't, like I said, I don't see how you can justify, like, I don't see the value Maurice is bringing here. No, the I, I don't being, either. Like, struggling this much despite having more top-end talent than a lot of teams. Yeah, and I think, like, you brought up a good point a couple times. There's, like, five coaches, five or five to seven coaches in the league that really help their team clearly. There's five or so coaches that clearly hurt their team, and then there's 20 right in the middle. Yeah. I would put Maurice probably closer to that middle group than anything else. But at the same time, hockey's a weird sport. Sometimes when stuff like this isn't working, you just need a change. Yeah. And that change might just be firing the goaltender. <laughs> firing the goaltender. Firing the coach. Fuck you, Hellebuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was sorry. I was loading up, trying to load up Hellebuck's stats. Um, firing the coach and just trying to get a new start. Um, yeah, like I usually hate the idea of doing things for the sake of doing them, but Winnipeg's been stagnant for so long that something's got to give eventually. Yeah. Now, the one thing is you need to make sure you have an actual replacement for him. Yeah. Don't just fire him to fire him and they go, oh, shoot, we have no idea who's up next. Wait until Boudreaux gets filed, <laughs> fired and then yeah. fall out for him. Exactly. Um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, and honestly, I find this is more of a funny story than anything else. Uh, we don't really need to talk about it much. It is a legal issue, technically. Evander Kane is being sued because he went to a casino and spent five hundred thousand dollars and didn't spend it or didn't pay it back. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money, even for a dude who makes seven million dollars a year. That's a lot of money. So pretty much from like again from what the story sounds like is he was pretty much sitting at the table and we know like Evander Kane is known to be a high roller. You know he's posted pictures on his Instagram with just literally thousands and thousands of dollars of cash up to his ear um which like that's fine i'm good for you yeah spend your money how you want i guess like i'm not gonna judge that i would go to the casino if i had seven million dollars as well um but so he was pretty much sitting down he was being he was on one of the higher roller tables and you know he was running out of money and the casino just kept giving them chips they're like oh no here you go here you go because I guess pretty much in a casino, if especially when you're a high roller, what they do is for the high rollers, if they, if they, especially when they have them on the ropes there, they'll just keep giving them chips because if you get up to go get your own money from an ATM, you might have second thoughts about it, right? Yeah. When you're, uh, say, getting out 100000 more dollars, you're like, what am I doing here? I don't need this. And you'll leave the casino. Whereas if you get them stuck at the table, just giving them chips, they go, oh, yeah, no, I can keep going. I can keep going, right? Yeah, and psychologically, it's easier to just push chips in as opposed to, like, going and actively getting your own money. Exactly. Like, even tapping away your own money. Exactly. So I just, my only question for Kane is, like, how do you let this go public? And, like, his career earnings to this point are $48 million. I find it hard to believe that he doesn't have $500,000 or even, like, Say, like, you don't have $500,000 on hand to just pay the casino back. 
I'm sure there probably would have been a way to work out with a casino to pay back at like $50,000 at a time. So like I get my paycheck. Every, I don't know if he's signing bonus or paycheck or what. He's all paycheck. Yeah, so it's like I get my paycheck every two weeks. Oh, sorry. That's his last contract. He'd be up top, I think. Yeah, right there. Oh, okay, so he's got... Yeah, you got a $2 million signing bonus this but year. But still, $6 million in base salary this season. Yeah. So let's say, I don't know what that would be. I think you get paid just for the season. So 50, no, not 52. It would be like 30-something weeks. But say I get paid, I don't know, $150,000, $200,000 every two weeks. I was like, I'll give you $40,000 of that paycheck. Like, how do you just not? Because, I, like, I don't know. I obviously don't know about bargaining with casinos to get my money back no I've, to give the money back but i've like, never bet 500 grand i would imagine a casino would take a installment payment even with interest or something like that over having to sue a guy for it i would assume there's a lot more to the story if it's going public and a dude making seven million dollars a year is getting sued for five hundred thousand dollars you know, like i just don't i don't know because the thing, like, the reason it, the reason it went public is just because the company sued him, right? Like, the casino sued him. That's yeah. why it went public. But it's like, it's like, how do you not, how do you not pay that back? Maybe he doesn't have the money. Yeah, I, which, like, then you should be asking, okay, where's your financial advisor here? Because, like, that's a lot of, like, you've made a lot of money. Like, a lot, a lot of yeah. money. And, like, maybe he's a gambling addict and he Yeah, which then the you want to hope that he gets, gets the right help, help. Right? yeah. And, I mean, I know there were stories, apparently, from last playoffs where it was like he was spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in Vegas during the playoffs. So while they were playing the Vegas Golden Knights... Now, I'm sure he's not the only one spending no, hundreds no, no, of thousands of No, 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 obviously not. And, I mean, you Vegas. can obviously win in the casinos as well at times. So, but, uh, yeah, like, I don't... That's... It's crazy. It just... It seems insane to me. Let someone who uh, is making, I think, $8 million this year... Cap Friendly has a fun feature. He makes $38,000 a day. Yeah. That's fun. Daily cap at $37,634. So that's what? If you got paid every two weeks then? Oh, my phone just froze. I'm going to try and calculate it. I'm not... 30000 518000 every two weeks. So you could pay off that debt with one, two, one paycheck. Obviously, you would... Taxes. If, yes, and, and tax. Like and if, if you don't have... The, if you need money for other things as There's well. There's probably interest and all those things. But, but like, still, like my, my point is more that... It feels like there should be no way that this gets out as a public story. Yeah, I assume it's something like Doug Wilson views as a major problem. Yeah, I mean, from the sounds of it, the league's not doing much. They're just going to monitor it, which, like, fair. I don't think it, they really... It's a lawsuit. Yeah. Like, you just... Your team, you'd hope the team says, what are you doing? Like, don't be spending that much if you can't pay it back. But yeah. Or, or you know, or say... Hell, yeah, it's like, if, if it's that bad, it, you know, yeah. can we do something to help you? Uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. That that story just seemed crazy to me. And obviously, he's not the only NHL star to be out and go spend money and stuff like that. Like, I, I'm not trying to like vilify him or anything like that. I just thought it was a crazy story to hear that a multi-millionaire who's by the end of his contract will have made a hundred million dollars in earnings couldn't pay five hundred grand. Yeah, which is still even five hundred grand. It's like wow, that's a lot of money to spend at a casino in one night. It's the kind of story that doesn't come out in the NHL very often for good reason. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. That, I just wanted to bring it up. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to like vilify the guy or anything like that. Uh, I just looked at it and just thought the whole thing was like, oh my god, that's like uh, not, not. I don't want to say comical because if there is something wrong, like if he does have a gambling problem, you don't want to laugh at that. Yeah. But it was just like the fact it was like someone came out and was like, yeah, I didn't pay my five hundred thousand dollar casino bet. It's like, oh wow, that's so much money. It is so so much money. It hurt me when I lost a hundred bucks like two ex weeks ago. Ex it hurts me when I lose five dollar betting just yeah. on like games and stuff like that. 
So, yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine that. Do you know what it was on? Was it like poker? I have no probably? idea. I didn't. I have no idea. Fair. I know Phil Castle's pretty big into poker. He's, He's like really good at poker. Because I know one of the problems that Pittsburgh had was that he'd teach the young kids how to play poker. <laughs> it's like, come on. Like, they're playing at like Phil's house. That's kind of like, awesome. Yeah, it's not like he's tagging. It's like, like come on, there's so much worse things you can be doing. I would kill to play poker with Phil. Yeah, I know. He's like, he's a so really fun. big poker player, too. Like, That's he loves awesome. it. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up. I thought it was an interesting story, something you obviously don't hear much of in the NHL. Uh, hopefully, that all gets resolved. And if Kane does need help, hopefully, he gets the help he needs. But yeah, um, yeah uh, that's all I have. Do you have anything? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't have anything either. Early. I wrote a piece on... Uh, what did I write about this week? I did Jason Spetz a piece, Why You Shouldn't Come Back to Ottawa. I think I plugged that last week. I did a Victor Mede piece the other day. Uh, I finally wrote about something other in Ottawa and how he is one of the steals of that 2016 draft class. Is he better than Morgan Riley? Better than Morgan Riley as a player or like as a pick value? That's a real deep cut. I'm sure like a singular person <laughs> listening laughed at that. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> um... I, there was a there was a tweet from the twins when they were first making their like war model or whatever, and after Victor Mete's rookie season, they tweeted, ah. "Is Victor? Is it too early oh, to say Victor Mete uh, yes, is better than I, Morgan Riley?" I do remember and that. And then Riley exploded last year. Obviously. Side note: I found in that article, Shea Weber is still so 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 good. Yeah. He is leading. Like he is just so good in every category for the past two years. Health is his big thing, but he's oh my good. god. He's also, been the fact surprisingly that, good since the trade. He's like underrated now. I think. Oh, 100%. Like, un, like very underrated. His now, contract sucks. His contract still, still lasts seven more years. I went to Capron. I was like, what, there's like four or five more deals <laughs> years left? No, no, it's a full seven. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I don't, I wrote a piece about Victor Mende. You can find that at lastwordonhockey.com. I also do rumors every Friday and NHL predictions where I predict all the early games uh, every Saturday. So you can find that. You can find me on Twitter at NHL Sends and Stuff. You can find Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66. Uh, you can find this podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. I didn't have the one on SoundCloud last weekend because SoundCloud was being stupid and wouldn't let me upload it. So I'll try and fix that and get the last two on SoundCloud. We only have two or three on there at a time because SoundCloud Pro isn't worth it. But you can find us on any other place you can listen to a podcast pretty much. Uh, leave us a note if you have anything. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will see you all next week.